This is Kimberly Maley, and you are listening to The Football Pod, conveniently found at thefootballpod.com. It's Monday, October 23rd, and we have a lot to talk about on the podcast tonight. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Sam Pierce. Sam, tell everyone where we are. Kim, we're recording in Studio A at Syracuse Technologies. We're brought to you guys by Syracuse Technologies. Each and every week, we record and produce on the best equipment, all courtesy of our sponsor. Syracuse Technologies provides our state-of-the-art studio, the equipment, and all the infrastructure for things like website hosting. We had a lot of traffic on our website this weekend, and for good reason. Kim, people are following your red-hot football picks. You had a winning record picking college games on Saturday, and then you went 5-2-1 and one against the spread in NFL games yesterday. Woo-woo! Pretty, pretty impressive. I, I added up your college um, and your NFL. You went uh, 12, 8, and 1 for the weekend. So 60% number against the spread, college and NFL combined. That's a really good weekend. So, you know, people are following your picks on the website. Awesome. So definitely um, go check out thefootballpod.com. Follow follow my team's uh, excellent advice on picking games every week. Syracuse Technologies makes it easy uh, for you guys to do that by hosting our website. And if you guys or girls need a new website for your business, big or small, and want someone to host it for you and do all the work, call Syracuse Technologies, your certified Microsoft partner, or check out their website at cusetech.com. That's cusetech.com. All right, on to football. Kim and I are joined tonight by Greg Armstrong from turnonthejets.com. Greg, speaking of picking games, you're now an astounding, I mean, I, I don't know a better word for it, an incredible 7-0 and against the spread picking New York, Jet, New York Jets games this year. That's a hell of a record. Are you going to keep it up this week? Uh, well, first off, thank you guys for having me. Uh, got a little close yesterday. I was very, very nervous. Um, I don't know. We'll see. This Jets team is about as unpredictable as anything. So hopefully I'm right, but who so, knows with this goddamn team? So the Jets blew it. Um, they, they should have won that. There's no way they should have lost that game. So when you so going to that game, you're six and zero against the spread, picking the Jets. You write a, you write about it a little bit on our website for us every week. You you write very well professionally at turnonthejets.com um, and you're a Jets fan. So I have to ask, when you are 6-0 and against the spread picking Jets games and people are following how you how you do this every week now, um, were you more upset that the Jets lost the game or are you more nervous as it's coming down to the wire about preserving your undefeated Jets picking this, this year? So yesterday when it came down to it, <laughs> When they were up 28-14, I was like, Miami just needs to kick a field goal because I predicted 28-17, and that would be awesome if they got, uh, got the score right. Um, when it was 28-28 in the count of the interception, and I was just like, Miami just better kick the field goal because the spread's three and a half. And um, I'm always rooting for a Jets win, but like when it comes to the point where I know that the game is out of hand, I'm just rooting for a Jets cover. So. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, we also have a very special guest joining us tonight. He's back in the country. We didn't know where he was. Just the occasional <laughs> cryptic text messages from Parts Unknown. Uh, we don't know if the Aaron Rodgers comeback a few weeks ago in Dallas was the catalyst to him leaving the country, but we know that he got back in time to enjoy a big Cowboys win yesterday. Welcome back to the Syracuse Technology Studio, Rick York. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here again. 
I, I won't make you go into, uh, you know, whether or not you had plans to leave the country or if you were just so upset after that Green Bay game that, you know, you just no, had to... I, I got on a plane about an hour after. I, that's what <laughs> I kind of figured. And then, you know, you were, but, but the good awesome. news is you were, you were, you were back just in time for a, for a big time Cowboys win. That's right. Um, so, so that's all, that, that's all good. We're going to do, uh, we've got Rick in studio, so we are going to do a lot of love them or hate them Dallas Cowboys coverage tonight. Uh, Kim, with Rick here, uh, we'll get right into the Cowboys. Does that sound okay? Sounds good. So, Rick, it's great to have you back. Thank you. And just so you know, we're both dealing with Aaron Rodgers' related heartbreak these days. But let's focus on Dallas for now. Your favorite owner in a in professional sports, Jerry Jones, he said that the win yesterday was the most dominant Cowboys win in 37 years. Was it really that good, or was it just a matter of playing the winless 49ers and getting back on track? Uh, it was a mix of both. Um, I think he said that just to kind of hype up the team, the fans, everybody. Uh, I didn't go back and look 37 years, maybe six or seven years at most. Um, we never blow out anybody anyway. Uh, even bad teams, we seem to play down to the competition a lot. Uh, a lot of close games with the Cowboys, a lot of losing close games, <laughs> a lot of heartbreak. But uh, yesterday was more of a mix. I think we looked good, but the 49ers are awful. They're a joke. Um, I wasn't totally encouraged by the win, but it was nice to see anyway. The defense looked okay. Offense looked great. Um, the win's a win. I'll take it. Rick, you are correct. The Cowboys, uh, whether it was the the 49ers or not, they were they were certainly impressive, and they ran up five over 500 yards in total offense yesterday. Um, 265 of those yards on the ground, which is an amazing number. Uh, they held the ball for almost 33 minutes, time of possession, and they had zero turnovers. Finished plus three in the turnover margin. So these are obviously really, really good stats, and the Dallas offense looked like what we saw from them a lot of, of last year, like on a regular basis. So is it safe? You know, all of that, you know, when, when, when we talk about running the ball, time of possession, is it safe to assume that we'll see the Cowboys dedicate themselves to running the ball every week now? Uh, if they haven't thought about it, they should. I mean, <laughs> that's all the evidence they need. Um, we're still living on a week-by-week week kind of thing with Ezekiel. Um, I don't know where the shoe's going to drop. Um, he's got next week. He's going to be there. It's great. Um, after that, we don't know. Um, I don't know if you can dedicate the run game with um, Alfred Morris. and uh, Is McFadden even healthy? Like, what's going he's on healthy. He doesn't play. He's they just, don't start they him. Just, they just, I don't know if they're he, saving him. Um, he doesn't get any touches. He gets, he gets uh, zero action. Right, for now. Um, supposedly he's going to be the guy if Ezekiel leaves. That's I, I, which I is kind of weird. Yeah, I'm. As, Morris looks really good. As a lot of people know, I'm the world's worst fantasy football player. But I, you know, I always see that those kind of McFadden related headlines when I log into right. into our site, for example, and you know, get ready, get McFadden off the waiver wire because he'll be, you know, he'll be their guy if the suspension goes through. And you know, I don't really care about fantasy so much because I'm bad. But just from a, a Cowboys perspective. I'm always wondering to myself why, why all of this supposed insider knowledge that it's going to be McFadden. You make a really good point. Are they saving him? 
but wouldn't they want him getting some game reps? It's fresh legs. Um, from what I've heard, Morris is the backup always. He's going to be the backup if McFadden's there. He's going to be the backup if Elliott's playing. It just that's seems, just his role. But it just seems um, like... That's the best explanation I've heard. To me, it seems like Morris, we, we've seen when he was with the Skins, we've seen him be a relevant workhorse back a lot more recently than McFadden. Right. I think they're both really talented. Um, but Morris has looked good recently. Morris has looked good this year. He looked good yesterday. Yeah. And McFadden we haven't seen in, you know, what, since last season. One, you know, the other thing that struck me in the game yesterday is they have good fullbacks too. Two of them. They do. So who knows what's going to happen with McFadden, but I'm – Obviously, Cowboys fans want to see um, Elliott play all year, and we don't know what's going to happen. This this is becoming ridiculous, right? The suspension yeah. on and off and uh, on. It was and on, and, and then it was off for a while, and they pretty much said, oh, you know, it's going to be off for the rest of the season. He's good to go till next year. Then all of a sudden, he's going to be suspended again. Then all of a sudden, two days later, oh, it's for you know two games he's safe. But then we don't know. So yeah, I, it's I a just... It's week thing here. It, it just... We um, are pretty <laughs> light uh, content on the footballpod.com. Not light, but we stick to football. We don't get into a lot of the um, when when the players get into this kind of trouble because we're just not prepared for that kind of commentary. And I, I haven't done my homework on it, and I don't know enough about the case. I know that um, I know that Jerry Jones, <laughs> shockingly, <laughs> thinks that Elliot has not gotten a very fair deal in all of this. Right. Um, you follow the Cowboys a, a lot more than I do. Do you have a, a, a quick take on it, do you, or do you think uh, it's, it's <laughs> that we're gonna? I have a long take, and I can give you a quick take. Yeah. No, go. Well, if you have, if you have a long take, go ahead. I'm not a fan of the NFL uh, suspending people over something that is hearsay, or they think you did it. Um, yeah. If the law can't find a problem, I don't think the NFL should be able to suspend you. That's not absolving him of any guilt he may have done it we don't know and we'll and if we'll he did out. i'm fine with him being suspended the rest of the season longer whatever that's i have no problem with that i won't think that's unfair at all but um if there's evidence let's see it apparently the nfl uh can do a better job investigating than the police so i'd like to see them come out with their evidence at some point or what kind of case they're making that they can say he definitely did it we know it and we're going to suspend you they're going to pretty extreme lengths to make sure that's going to happen so as of right now it seems like the police aren't really saying one way or the other whether they're charging him with any um, uh, they definitely crime. aren't okay that's the criminal investigation i believe is over it's all the nfl suspension how much of this, this is how much of this do you think is a I don't know the the NFL trying to be proactive after the way they botched the, the Ray Rice. That's situation. exactly what it is. They're going way over the top because they botched that so badly. To have a video of a guy punch his girlfriend in an elevator, a vi- I mean, it's and bad anyway. The, but give him a two game suspension and give him a two game is and then insane. And then they had to backtrack on that and do more and right. And now they're going <laughs> overboard and saying, you know, well, there's you know, allegedly he did this, he did that. So we think he did it. We're going to give you six games. I think you're not going to go back on that. I, I think you nailed it. That if he's <clears throat> if he's found to be guilty of these allegations, suspend him all right. year. Suspend suspend him for as long as you want, because that's such a serious crime. And uh, 
And once the, the legal process has worked itself out, <clears throat> throw the let the law handle it, and then the NFL can can chime in with, with uh, code of conduct things and and throw whatever kind of suspension they want at him. But I think you're right that this is dangerous in that what investigation have they done? Right. And you hate to see that happen to somebody either way. You don't want to see somebody, you know, go to prison for life for something they didn't do. Uh, you don't want to see somebody just being alleged to, you know, beat their girlfriend or something and be suspended for the season if it's not true. But if it is true, you want, you know, the appropriate punishment too. Yeah. But we have to rely on the justice system outside of football. So let's... So that's all we have. So let's, let's uh, without getting too heavy into all of that, let's... Let's talk about on the field yesterday. Elliot, this is a, a an observation I had. I don't think he got hit within a yard or two of the line of scrimmage all day. No, he's he's having an easy day today. <laughs> and and that yeah, so he feels yeah. yeah, so he feels he's feeling good. good. Um yeah. his his line um again, 49ers pretty hapless team, but yeah. his offensive line yesterday not, not to take anything away from Elliot, because when he got out in the open field, the screen, you know, the screen pass, uh, the the short catching seventy yard, yeah, the seventy run, yard run, yeah. that that was one of the most yeah. um, remarkable plays I've ever seen him make in a in a Ohio State and now Cowboys career of amazing plays. Right. So, um, but just consistently all day, it seemed like he was uh, he was he was getting to the second level in in the Forty ers defense untouched. Oh, it was amazing the holes they were creating for him, uh, the blocks they were giving him. It was just everything was working. We knew, as you and I have been talking about this for years, because going back to even bef- um, before Prescott and Elliott in 2014, um, they had put together in you know the year that ended unfortunately for Cowboys in the Des Bryant catch no catch game. Um, that was a catch, right? It was a catch. Okay, I just want to make sure you're Absolutely. still all right. Um, in you know, in that year, I thought was the first year that Dallas had committed themselves to we will not trade multiple first round picks for Roy Williams. We're going to build a line and we're going to win how every good team has always won. Right, and I I think I said that last time I was on. I I credit the Jones kids for that more yeah. than anybody. You know, I think they're steering them in the right direction. Uh, kind of taking a little of the edge off of Jerry and a little of the craziness from you know. I think that started with the Johnny Manziel situation. Well, they everybody thought they were going to take him, and it, it, apparently he had to be like held back by his son from really <laughs> from drafting him. Yeah, he was real angry. He was real upset. Can you ima- Can you imagine yeah. after the disaster? You know, a- after they had take. Uh, we're going to get into more Dak Prescott later, but gosh, can you imagine if they had taken Manziel instead of? If that was your quarterback, and then they never draft Prescott, no, no. Gosh, what I a! Want, I don't want to live in that world. What a weird, you know, alternate universe <laughs> no, that would that no. would be. It, it would be interesting. Uh, not for me. It'd be fun for cowboy haters. Yeah, it would, would be, be interesting, and ESPN would love it because it yes, would just would. be nonstop. What did Johnny Manziel do oh today? And the cow and the combination of oh, Dallas and be a nightmare. It, so, but for Cowboys fans, I think it worked out pretty well. So. Um, so Elliot yesterday, I, I thought just so awesome. One of the one of the more impressive games he's ever had. I think actually, uh, I think I read his most yards from scrimmage in a game ever. Yeah. So, in his, <clears throat> albeit young career, but impressive. That's still anytime he goes out and does something like that against any NFL defense, uh, it, it's still really good. And San Francisco, 
while not a good team, they have played most of their game. I mean, they almost beat Washington the week right. before. They've, they've generally they've played had a couple tough, close ones. Yeah. and they've had close games. Um, they played the Rams, who it turns out are a pretty legit team. They played the Rams close on that Thursday night game. They played Washington close last week. So I still, any NFL game, when you, when you beat up on a team like that, I think you can take away a lot of positives, and I would imagine that's what Cowboys fans are doing today. Yeah, I I mean, like I said, look at the numbers. It looks amazing. So, and, uh, you know, I just I take it down from the level Jerry's at a little bit. It's not quite, you know, the biggest win of all time for us, but Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's not a Super Bowl or anything, but um It's also not take it's, it it's really also good. not the wins last year at Lambeau and in Pittsburgh. No, I, I would it's say not, those were no, a little bit bigger little regular bit. season wins than the 49ers yesterday. I'm but. just hoping it's more of a turnaround win, you know, they can see what they, you know, are capable of on offense and defense and uh, take that and move forward. So we talked about we talked about Elliot and suspension and whether he's a go or no go the rest of the year. We know they get him for the Redskins game right. coming up, but let's say um, well, first of all, okay, we're going to do a couple of hypotheticals, and I want you to I want to hear from you, but I even want to hear what Kim and Greg have to say about this. If you're running the Cowboys. And you don't know what's going to happen. Would you rather? Would you rather you just get the suspension over with, or are are the Cowboys so dependent on him that you're just hoping and praying that somehow this you survive this regular season and 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 you don't deal with the suspension at all? I'm hoping to not deal with it if we have to deal with it beginning of the next season. Yeah, because this season's going to be bad either way. Because it, he's because gone for it, six games now. When we need him, then we're not going to get to the playoffs. So the, if they lose, because one of the things that that we talked about last week after the Aaron Rodgers injury is, does Green Bay have any chance without Rodgers? And I think we kind of had a consensus no, that e- even with the NFC North not being a great division, that Green Bay can't survive without Aaron Rodgers and make a make a playoff run. And it sounds like for the Cowboys. Elliot is, is almost that. He, no, but I don't think anybody's as important to their team as Aaron Rodgers, but is to the to Green Bay. But for Dallas, gosh, it's close with Elliot. It's tough. It's uh, I think it would. It's possible. It's not crazy to think that we could still get to the playoffs without him. You know, nine, ten wins if that's all it takes. Get a wild card, but uh, it's not going to be easy. I mean, I like Alfred Morris, but I like the offensive line a lot. But uh, nobody's Elliot. Greg, you've watched enough Cowboys the past couple of years, if this year and last year, I should say. If they lose Elliott, do they have any chance at a playoff run? I think they still have a chance. I mean, it's not going to be as... If if this is the year that they would have a chance without Elliott, just because there's no definitive like team that's running away with it. Like the past couple of years early on, we've had teams that have been perennial Super Bowl contenders in the NFC. And this year, I mean, the Eagles are 5-1, and one, but it's like, does that... Like, it's a weird five and one. They're not running away with the the NFC. So, if this is this would be the year to lose him. Obviously not now because you just saw what he could do against San Francisco. So taking that away would suck. Um, I mean, they're gonna treat it like they the Patriots did with Brady. It's like, you know, if they believe that he's uh, <clears throat> innocent, they're gonna fight that to the death, and they're not gonna take the suspension just because you know it's convenient for them now. Like what the Patriots did with Brady was perfect. They you know, clamored his innocence, clamored his innocence, clamored innocence, and tried to push it back as far as they can because they believed that he was innocent. So, and Jerry Jones believes that Elliot's innocent. So, if they have to, 
I think you go with the next season just because this season, like I said, is the year where no definitive team. But I still think they have a chance. And starting, if you start, that's interesting. Um, if you if you somehow push it off until the start of next season, I guess the advantage to that is then you have all off season to prepare. You can go right. sign a guy too. If you you need. can you can Should draft need. someone. You can sign right. someone. You can there are you have options to plan. Um, Kim, what do you think? If the if the Cowboys are down, Elliot for uh, you know for for up to six games and potential. I mean, gosh, it, it you're getting to the point now where it's almost the end of the season. It, right? Yeah. Um, any shot at the playoffs? Rick says no. Greg says they uh, still have a shot. I give it a maybe. Okay, so you've oh, so okay, not, a little I'm more. A, I'm not a definitive. So you got a little optimism. It's, it's possible. Yeah. I I think they have a shot for the wild card spot, but um, you know, I'm not. I don't really follow suspensions to know how long the process is. Well, if, and this one has been just a cluster because mm-hmm. it's on, it's off. So I don't think any of us know. No matter how much you follow those kind of ongoings, we don't know what's going to happen. If I was the um, coach for Dallas, I would rather have Elliot back for the playoffs because I know that those are tougher teams. And I would want my best player to be available for the playoffs. So I'd and rather get, and try and get it over with. You run the ball in January if you're yes. going to win. Yeah. So, um, okay, well, it, it, it's interesting. I, uh, I certainly... Hope for Rick's sake that they can, uh, assume, assuming Elliot didn't do anything heinous, then I hope that uh, that they can have him and and make a run at it this year. I think you Kim makes a really good point about the wild card. Greg said Philly's five and one is a is a interesting five and one. I think Philly's five and one is really impressive. I they I, look good. I think I, they don't I, look dominant. They look good though. Oh, but they're dominant at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and that's why, especially now with Green Bay kind of being out of it that's why i think philly is as as good as anyone in the in the nfc but um no elliot i think it'd be impossible to catch philly in that division with elliot we'll see like well philly has a big game tonight we're, yeah, we'll we're about to we're gonna actually talk about that but uh a couple more offensive things uh cowboys are you rick concerned that the Cowboys haven't had a 100-yard receiver in a game this year. Their guys have been solid, but we haven't seen a really explosive individual performance yet. A little bit. Um, you'd like to see a couple bigger plays out of Des Bryant, but at the same time, uh, Dex spreading it around, so you yeah. might not see that. Uh, you know, Witten gets his games in. Sometimes he has zero. Uh, Beasley sometimes will have a big game out of nowhere. And sometimes he'll just catch, you know, a couple. Beasley's passes. a really um, frustrating fantasy football flex player. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else has ever dealt yeah, with that. Yeah, he's tough to. He's not somebody you recommend every I, week, but then he. I played him a bunch bench, of weeks and he, and he did up. nothing, and then I had him on my bench and he had two touchdowns in right, the game, yeah. and then I start him yesterday and he's nothing. Right. I'm just, I'm, uh, he makes me mad. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of. Uh, I don't mind as much not seeing the big plays out of Dez if everybody's getting the ball. He had ten. Dez still, had ten yeah. targets yesterday. Yeah. So on a day that they didn't throw the ball a lot. Um, Dak Prescott, and I give him a lot of credit for this because the Cowboys dominated that game, and it's like Prescott, who I think is such a smart player, uh, was taking advantage of their dominance in that game to try and get the ball to Des in that right. spot, and that's something that that's something that you don't think about. You know, you look mm-hmm. at the stat line. 
but you need to look at targets and you need to look at the environment where the targets took place. And I think that says a lot about Prescott that we've got this game in control and this is a day where I can try to get the ball to him without forcing it in a tough spot against a better defense. So that was something I just kind of, as I was looking at the stats, kind of took away from that. Um, I agree. I don't think their chemistry is as good as Romo and Bryant was. No. Um, and I think they're still getting there, and they need to get get there a little faster with some of these games coming up. But It's weird because since, since Des Bryant overlaps two eras of Cowboys football now, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Romo years right. and now the Dak Prescott-Elliott era, um, since he overlaps that, I always think he's so much older, and he's been around the NFL for a while, so I always think he's so much older than he is, and maybe he's slowing down. He's 28. Right. So... You know, this issue with his productivity, or I guess lack thereof, is that overblown? Because you just made a comment that he, you know, they're still working out some chemistry. So is it over? Is it overblown that he's lost a step and he's not productive? I don't think he's lost a step. He's in his prime. So if they can figure this out, the two of them, uh, I mean, poten- Kim loves to talk about potential. Potentially, mm-hmm. this offense could be even, even better. A lot better if he if he can still play the way we're used to seeing the 2014 Des Bryant play. Right, he's the guy we need in these close games. You know, when it's Philly in the fourth quarter and there's three minutes left and we're down six, he's the guy we need to make the big play down the field. Yeah, and it and the more he does that, then then the better it is for um, for Witten and the other receivers. Right. He needs to be a threat if nothing else too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's yeah. a good point. He has to be a downfield you know, he's the guy, no matter yeah, he's what. He's the guy that could get that 40-yard catch and um, one thing that, the game. You know, one thing that I saw yesterday in the game um, that I really liked by the Cowboys receivers, lots of downfield blocking. Yes. Lots of impressive downfield blocking from uh, Dez, uh, uh, Butler. Right. Bryce Butler's the, the third guy, right? right. And... Um, I love seeing that, and one of the things that it says to me when you see, two things that it says to me when you see receivers participating in the blocking game downfield is this team is locked in. When you when the receivers are blocking, um, you you've got you've got your team locked in and focused, and generally I think that's a, a sign of good coaching. Um, Cowboys are coming off the bye week, so they should have been prepared for this game. They were. And to me, that says a lot that they had a game plan and you knew that the receivers had to to help the run game with downfield blocking. And when you get that, when the line plays as well as they did yesterday and the receivers are getting into it downfield, that's pretty lethal. They said before everything was working. Everything was clicking yesterday. So I said, I'm hoping this is the turnaround game and bring it forward. um, Interesting question for you. Is Tyron Smith going to be okay all year, or are there going to be issues with the back injuries? Aren't there always? I mean, that seems like something that's always nagging at you. It's yeah. I mean, ask Tony Romo. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Exactly. One thing it's that a I think physical position. I mean, because he's, go right? he's, he's as good as he's as he's as good as anyone at that week. position. Yeah. When he's out there, um, so Chaz Green, backup lineman that can come in and play guard and tackle both. Um, he's an exceptional backup lineman. And yeah, it's not the worst option to have, no. I just I give the Cowboys 
so much credit because that's how you build lines is you can even when even when you have a good line you continue to draft and or sign linemen that can play when the giants were good and won those super bowls Mm -hmm. um they built a line that they started drafting and they became really good and at their best if a guy got hurt they always had a couple guys that could come in and play a couple different positions and the line could shuffle around and they but they could they could make it work. The Patriots have done this right. over the years too, where a center gets hurt and a tackle moves to center and the backup can play tackle or guard and and they have options with their personnel. And I think Dallas has done an excellent job with that, with, with their offensive line. No, they're Chaz, Green, yeah. Chaz Green starts for any other team. Oh yeah, definitely. So at some position, a team finds a way to get him on yeah. the field. So the fact that Dallas has him available to play a couple different positions if necessary i think is something that you know the average fan isn't thinking about when they're watching the game but it's sure nice when somebody gets injured and and you can plug you know plug and play (laughs) i think we'll see more of him i i wouldn't doubt that he's so talented they um you know they need to they need to get him on the field uh i love travis frederick no surprise he played a great game yesterday um so i i think that uh you know not the Cowboys, not Cowboys fans, but every, Kim knows this with Green Bay and their line. Everybody kind of feel, and the Giants line is, is awful. Seattle would be such a better team if they get, had good line play. Every fan kind of complains about their offensive line nowadays. And we talked about this a few weeks ago on this podcast that with NFL teams practicing so much less in the offseason and no two-a-days and less... Um, you know, less hitting, less mm-hmm. less full pad practices. That offensive line play has really suffered because that you know, how do you prepare yourself to get ready for that if you're not if you're having less physical practices? Right. And I think what we're seeing with Dallas is even their line struggled a little bit at the beginning of the season because they're 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 not in they're they're not in their you know mid-season form and it takes them longer to get there if they're not having um you know these physical practices in in august but because they're so talented now all of a sudden six seven weeks into the season they've gotten enough work in that they're gelling and we're seeing we're going to see more of that dominant run game that we saw from them all of last year so that i agree that's something i you know that's something that i that i noticed yesterday i thought when when Elliot was just untouched yeah. <laughs> uh, within a couple yards to of the scrimmage. Yeah. Um, okay, so we we can we can talk about Cowboys offense for a long time. We know they were great yesterday, but let's talk about how good they were defensively. Um, it always starts up front at the line of scrimmage, and Dallas was especially good on the defensive line yesterday. Um, a few few stats: they got five sacks. They held the 49ers to under 300 yards of total offense. They recovered three fumbles, so I know it's only the 49ers, but was this their best defensive effort of the the young season? I mean, going by those stats, yeah. Um, again, I didn't read as much into it. It's the 49ers, and they just they look so bad. I don't. <laughs> and they <laughs> can't say it enough. They just look they, terrible. And the 49ers started a, a rookie backup quarterback. And yeah, they, he was I mean, bad and getting hit all day. Yeah, he looked terrible. But uh, no, I'll still take. I mean, if not. You know, if it's not the 49ers, it's still, you know, for those guys, they think they did a great job. They know they did a great job. Uh, 40 to 10, that's not what I expected at all. 
Um, I thought the 49ers were going to score. I didn't think they were going to beat us, but um, I thought they'd run the score up into the 20s just you, based on how our defense has been playing. When you it's wrote about terrible. it for the for the website, you picked the Cowboys to cover at six, yeah. but you thought we might get a little bit of oh, yeah. an offensive explosion both sides of the ball, yeah. um, or bo- both teams, I should say. So you're expecting them to do a little bit better than they did, so it must have been nice to see Dallas no, come was, out be that was, was dominant surprised. defensively. So <laughs> I didn't think that was coming. Important uh, yesterday for them is that you get the linebacker Sean Lee back. Yes. So how critical <laughs> is it for him to stay healthy for the rest uh, of the season? Again, I saw him limping out there a little bit yesterday. Um, I don't know that he's going to be healthy for the rest of the year. I'm not banking on it. Uh, he seems to be an injury-prone kind of guy. When he's there, he's great. Um, he's kind of the center of that that team there, but uh, I don't expect him to be around all year, unfortunately. I, I saw a great stat, 16-3 and three in their last 19 games that he plays, 0-3 <laughs> yeah. in the three games that, that he's missed. That sounds about right, yeah. And that, you know, that really sums it up. Um, another linebacker question. How, especially if you're worried about Sean Lee's health, how ready are the Cowboys fans to see Jalen Smith explode and yeah. become a consistent uh, playmaker? I'd like to see a lot more of him. So He looked good yesterday, real good. And he happy to see that. obviously had a long road back from that terrible injury yeah. um, his last game in college. So Cowboys draft him anyway um, and potentially get a lot of value in that draft pick sure. if he ends up being the player that they think he can be. Because so many teams obviously passed on him after the injury. Yeah, and he's starting to show that. So, so uh, it's looking like a good pick so far. So he, but I want to see more of him. Definitely. He helps that front seven also. Oh yeah, because yeah. Um, because he's a he's a big time player. So um, the pass rush was awesome. Yep. Um, so now all of a sudden, you're looking at maybe not just a dominant offensive line, but a defensive line that's pretty legit too. And I think, you know, obviously we all know about um, Demarcus Lawrence. Right. At least one sack every game this year. But Irving's really good, too. Yeah. Irving's a player. Um, And then we've got some linebackers that if they stay healthy can play. So if you are dominant up front offensively and defensively, that keeps you in a lot of games, right? I mean, this is best case scenario. Yeah, that all of a sudden the defense steps up. Greg, that's it's, uh, <laughs> that's how the Jets are. That's how the Jets are so much more competitive than what we thought this year. That's a big element of it, right? If you can, if if you can play at the line of scrimmage, you're in games. That's the. It, I think. I mean, not to take this away, but like the Jets' defensive line has been absolutely terrible this entire. Like the, but like we saw yesterday, what happens when Leonard Williams and Mo Wilkerson play up to what they are for three quarters, though. Well. Okay, for for three quarter, but I we I was watching I was watching that game yesterday, and Wilkerson was so good. Yeah, I mean, um, it was incredible. Just like I mean, because it was his birthday yesterday. I don't know, but like <laughs> just seeing him, like not just be another body out there that's just taking up space. That was very encouraging to see. Obviously, you know, it sucks that the fourth quarter they did nothing. But yeah, I mean, getting pressure up front in the trenches on both sides of the ball is crucial to. Any team success. I just think it's so much as great as Elliott is. I think that Dallas uh, will. I, I think their success is more predicated on just how well they control the line of scrimmage, and if they can, if they can do that, and certainly on offense, if they can do that, 
that's where Elliott's going to be untouchable. And if they can do it enough on defense to get pressure on opposing quarterbacks, to force turnovers, that really keeps you in every game that you play. Uh, Team would be scary if that defense steps up. And Definitely. so we've seen it. So we've seen it now against the Giants. Yep. <laughs> who are pretty bad. And we saw it yesterday against the 49ers. Seen it against some bad teams. Yeah. So I think the good takeaway for Cowboys fans is all right, when we have time, because the Giants is the season opener. So you have all offseason to get ready for that game. Mm-hmm. And they're bad. The 49ers is after a bye week and they're bad. So you at least have enough faith in the coaching staff to say, hey, when we have time to prepare for bad teams, we destroy them. <laughs> That's There's something to be said for that because... Right, but there's, a, not a lot of more, not the, a, there's not a lot of more uh, easy games coming up either. So. But, so now it's a matter... Because I think Rod Marinelli's done a really good job with the defense oh, yeah. um, from where they were. Yeah. So I think now it's... Okay, so you're good enough to, to really pummel bad teams. Now can you continue to get better in season... And, and and compete with the better teams on your roster and not have your de- defense be a total liability? That's the question. So we'll find out. So we're, so we're going to find out. Starting um, next week. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, one thing we laugh about, you know, Jerry Jones with the, with the drafting and the free agents and trading, and, but in these last few years, and you give a lot of credit to, to his son, but a lot of the defensive guys now that are starting to be playmakers – are, are not first round picks. These are guys that went in later rounds or like Irving, I think was an, un, was they got off the chiefs practice squad. So, yeah. He was. In, and so they're the scrap heap guy. Yeah. They're finding contributing players in the draft or free agency somehow. I mean, they're doing, they're doing a better job with draft and signing unnoticed players that, uh, that we years ago when the Cowboys were struggling and just a lot of glitz and receivers, and they weren't doing a good job with that. And right. it's gotten a lot better. Yeah, give credit to the scouting. Uh, give a little credit to Jerry. I mean, he and must he's just be being a little more restrained, whether it's his son yeah. or it's just he's getting smarter in his older age. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Or just I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't. Football is a complex game, but I think dominate the line of scrimmage not that complicated right. and they they seem to understand that um yesterday a mostly great day for dallas but kicker dan bailey who Ugh. a lot of people would say is the best kicker in the league leaves the game with a groin injury that sounds a painful and but more importantly you know how devastating is is this going to be if he's not healthy soon it's not great <laughs> uh close game he's the guy you rely on for that kick um it's rare that i ever watch a kick that he does and think oh, he can't make it Mm-hmm. You know, he kicks from, you know, 50, 52, 54 once in a while. Um, always dead on. He's so actually that could the, that could be really bad. He's actually the NFL's um, lead kicker with 89.899% accuracy. From an accuracy perspective. So I don't yeah. think he's ever missed a field goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or uh, not a field goal. Uh, a point PAT. After. Yeah. yeah. He has not since no. 2011. Um he is, I guess what I would be nervous about if he's out for any extended period is he's such a weapon and you, especially in, you just talked about close games, when you're in close games with the Eagles and the Redskins down the, you know, and one possession type games, 
having him on your side right. <laughs> is really nice. Interestingly enough, they had the um, <laughs> they had one of their safeties, I think, come in and kick. Yes, yesterday. Yes. So that was um, that was interesting and fun to watch. Yeah, it was scary yeah. Uh, and scary. <laughs> uh, I guess thank God for the Cowboys, it wasn't a closer game. Uh, so they'll. I assume they'll have to sign someone this week if they didn't already. It's Monday night. It doesn't I don't know sound like did. he's going to be playing next week. So they're, they're going to have to. I get haven't someone. seen. I haven't seen him sign anybody. I'm assuming by tomorrow at the latest. Tomorrow or Wednesday, sure. they, they've got to get someone yeah. in there worked out. Somebody and, competent and signed. At least. So yeah. tryouts were today. They did. Yeah. Okay, they did. Yes, I was unable to um, make the journey to Dallas. You were going to kick like the girl, <laughs> um, like the girl that uh, there was a good story on. Uh, one of the sports highlight shows about a girl who was homecoming queen in her high school and kicked the game-winning field goal mm-hmm. for the uh, for the high school football team over the weekend. Yeah. So that was a really cool story. So mm-hmm. some more practice, Kim. And I know. Dreams. I do, do come have true. a lead foot, as as people have told me. So I just figured that's a, you could put it to that's use. That's a strength. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So Washington goes to Philly for Monday Night Football, which starts up here in, in an hour or so which is interesting because ESPN actually has a decent Monday night game, but more importantly, it's a huge game in the NFC East, uh, really the entire NFC conference. Uh, yeah. So Rick, who are you rooting for tonight? Give me the Cowboys fans' oh, perspective. I hate, to say, on, I hate to say Redskins, but I am. Just to even it out a little bit. So you I got to go Redskins. Because so, yeah. I was thinking about this from a got couple it. different perspectives. Do you want – is it better to have the Redskins win – and get Dallas within a, a a game closer to Philly for the East. Or since Philly has such a lead early in the season, is it better if the Redskins lose to kind of get them less, you know, out of the picture more for the wild card? No, I, I want the Eagles to lose. Okay. We gotta we gotta get that down. How Five much too? And a little more manageable. And the I don't want them to run away with it. And the yet. um and the decision is based purely on how it benefits the Cowboys this year. It has nothing right. to do with your historical hatred. No, for no, team. I don't. I don't. I don't even hate the Eagles. I'm one of the rare Cowboy fans. I don't. That's so I don't weird. like them. I don't. I just. I don't hate them. I hate the Redskins. So, I hate the Giants. So you I don't really hate the, the Giants. I really hate the Giants. The Giants are your number most, one. Giants number are your number one. Number most one. Hated, definitely. Right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not close. No. All right. So that'll be interesting to see what happens tonight. Um, I actually very interesting yeah. on our on our website. I uh, I went ahead and and took the Redskins getting four and a half. Last I saw today, it was up to five and a half. Really? That that so people are people are still taking Philly at four and a half, which I did. I'm shocked. I I just thought four and a half divisional game. Um, Redskins are pretty competent. Wasn't the, were you surprised, Greg, or do you uh, think that's normal that people are still taking Philly up until kickoff? Well, we saw like Jonathan Allen's out and Josh Norman's out, and I think one of their offensive linemen is out. So like when I saw that, I was a little bit scared of taking Washington at four and a half. But I, I just have this gut feeling that this is like a, a game that Philly doesn't play well in. I just have one of those. It's one of those. Yeah. Like, they're five and one. Everyone's like, oh, the Eagles. Look at the Eagles. It's in prime time. It's on Monday night. Like the Redskins are no slouch. So, I think I think the Redskins went outright. Honestly, I am. It's the Eagles. I mean, have I, they ever won anything? I, right. I'm. I'm so I'm so torn on this. I I took the points just because I wrote about it on the website. But just divisional game, uh, Redskins have actually done really well in this series in recent years, and then Philly knocked them off in the opener this year. But. Um, I uh, I just thought anything over a field. I just thought it was a game where anything over a field goal, I'm taking the points. Um, 
So, okay. Uh, so we've got ramifications for Dallas based on Monday Night Football tonight uh, and what happens in the NFC East. But let's talk about the entire conference. So Aaron Rodgers sidelined. That means the Cowboys, if they can get to the playoffs, aren't likely to see Green Bay. The Packers, for whatever reason, a lot of it is Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> have had the Cowboys number. So does this bode well for Dallas that at least one rival that seems to match up well against the Cowboys won't be around in January? <laughs> of course. Of course. You're, that's probably the last team I want to see. You're, yeah. um, An Aaron Rodgers Green Bay team. A few weeks ago, before Aaron Rodgers forced you to leave the country, right. when you wrote up your um, when you wrote up your 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 pick for the um, for Cowboys Packers, and so you guys listening, hopefully, go on thefootballpod.com and read our picks every week and Kim Maley's red hot uh, NFL picks. But Greg writes about the Jets game for us. Kim does the Green Bay game. You do the Dallas game. Um, Jeremy does the Chiefs. So. By Wednesday night, I get all of all of your write-ups, and I do a little bit of editing and put it out on the website, and we get it out there so that you guys are you know have our picks in advance of uh, the weekend, including Thursday night football. And as I'm reading Rick's write-up, it goes from well, here's what Dallas sort of does well, and it just as I read it, it's just going from from some optimism to just reluctant acceptance that he's not going to bet against Aaron Rodgers. No. And uh and I, you know, I, I felt bad for you. Never Kim, again. Kim Kim's was uh this optimistic read about what to expect from Green Bay and why they'll win and then yours just kind of got more depressing as I read it that you're just not betting against Rodgers. I just had that memory of that playoff game. He's just he's too good. It's weird though because sometimes Greg certain teams just match up well against other teams because if you use Green Bay as an example Atlanta it looks like is not nearly as good as I thought they were going to be this year but for whatever reason Atlanta beats Green Bay Mm -hmm. easily Green Bay just can't handle Atlanta yet Green Bay can go down to Dallas and beat Dallas it's just isn't this weird how certain teams for whatever reason in certain eras tend to I guess it's just matchups have the number of the other team yeah, I mean that's I think that's the the greatest thing about like football is that you can have like a team like Green Bay go out and beat a Dallas and then just get their you know teeth kicked in by Atlanta and like we it's see so weird and we see like and they're two not very similar teams like Dallas is a lot more dependent on the run and uh, Atlanta just likes to likes to switch it up a little bit but just like that's and I think it's a testament to like where like we've come from. It, like last year, you know, it was Philly, Philly, Atlanta, and New England just dominating, and now it's like, you know, they can get killed by Atlanta one week, and then the next week they come out and then they beat Dallas. Like it's just, I think this is a great year of football, honestly. I, I'm having a lot of fun with the games too, um, and the uncertainty is is fun. Yeah. Um, just I, a three and four. I, I think we're going to start to see some separation, but for now, the uncertainty's yeah. been really fun, minus. I'm going to side with Kim on the Aaron Rodgers thing. The NFL would be, mm-hmm. sorry, Rick, would be much better if Rodgers mm-hmm. <laughs> were in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. That's the, only, yeah. that's the only thing so far this season that I would really, it's not a complaint because it's injuries, an injury. The injuries happens. definitely suck. Like if it'd be one thing if he was having a down year, 
But like you never root for injuries. In the but in but Rogers having a down year, Green Bay goes ten and six and wins the mm-hmm. Central, and they're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then with him, anything can happen. I, right. I think I think th- there are a handful of injuries. Let's say Elliott's not suspended. If Dallas were to lose him to a season injury, that's catastrophic. Mm-hmm. You want him playing in a Dallas playoff game. Obviously, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. There's just there's a handful. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, Nothing screams NFL January divisional playoffs on Saturday afternoon like Josh like Josh McCown. Like for me, um, I might as well just watch golf. You know, like <laughs> I I would. Well, do, only if you are trying to nap. Well, I mean, if you're so disinterested with no Aaron Rodgers that you'd rather just nap I, the weekend I, away, than I mean, I still watch Green Bay, and I'm I'm rooting for a couple teams on the down low to make it far in the season. But um, I might just watch golf. It's going to be interesting. Goes far to Rodgers, and now she's like that. Meanwhile, I'm like trying to muster up the strength to root for <laughs> so, like Bryce Petty and Josh McCown. So in our in our um, in our uh, prep for the show tonight. Uh, I mentioned, you know, Kim and I were talking about Dak Prescott, and it's interesting because he threw three touchdowns yesterday. Only threw the ball 25 times, but threw three touchdowns, and it's his third consecutive game throwing three touchdowns, and I read that Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman never did never that did for that. the Cowboys. So just kind of an interesting, you know, stat. And Kim, and Kim Maley says, um, isn't that just, <laughs> wait, three, like, why are people excited normal? about three games of yeah, three touchdowns? Isn't that, isn't that just yeah. normal? And I, and Doesn't Greg, I had usually to, happen? I, I said, no, Kim, that's 25 years of watching Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers talking. <laughs> no, most, four, yeah, most yeah. quarterbacks, three, that's, <laughs> most, it? that's it. Most quarterbacks don't do that. So Prescott has been really, really good. I am so impressed with him. Um, what are, how do Cowboys fans feel? What's not to like? He's he has <laughs> he doesn't been, make any mistakes. He's accurate. He's so smart. He's very smart. He has such a command of the offense so fast. And you're right. He just doesn't make mistakes. And I would, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I implicitly trust him. Uh, you know, as I hate to say this, as Eli ages for the Giants, you just watch some of the decision making. You're like, is he just? Did he get really bad at decision making? Is he just so? immobile and erratic has he just a lot of giants haters probably interrupt and say no sam he was just never that good i was thinking that yeah (laughs) so that might be the case but but you watch prescott and he is just i think what you said is right on he doesn't make he reminds me this is a crazy this is an unfair comparison to prescott but it reminds me of tom brady in that he just doesn't make mistakes (laughs) he doesn't oh that's don't don't put him there yet okay but it, don't jinx it, it, it. I okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I just I'm. No, I'm very happy with him. So we were talking about Green Bay and Rogers sidelined. So quick question for you: outside of the East and and Philly and Washington, if the Cowboys can make it to the playoffs, which teams in the conference do you want to avoid? Uh, I don't know if there's anybody I want to avoid. Like you said, the Rams look pretty good, and I think they're for real. Uh, Me I don't too. know if they're like a 13-14 win team, but. Uh, they're doing pretty well. They look great yesterday, um, and we matched up with them pretty well. Should have won that game uh, a couple weeks ago. That was um, yeah, that was a rough one. I don't know if there's anybody else I don't want to see. How about Seattle? Any, I was just Seattle. Ask that. Yeah, uh, it's Seattle in Seattle would not be fun. 
It's not which is the I'd, kind of which is the kind of game that I, I picture Dallas to that. going think, to because Seattle's going to if they win the West, which is a big if because the Rams are good. I don't know good. if they will. Yeah, I would I would put the Rams as the favorite. I just never see the Seahawks doing better than in the in the current era, post 2013-2014. I just never see the Seahawks. I never trust them to do better than like ten and six and win their division, and then they have to play wild card weekend as right. the as the host since they won. And that's the kind of game I see Dallas. If Philly hangs on in the East, that's the kind of game I see Dallas have. Which Fox would love that if it's yeah, Dallas have, at oh, yeah. Seattle for yeah. the for the That'd be uh, huge, yeah. for their uh, yeah. Sunday wild card game. Because yep. um, that's a lot of personalities, lot, two good quarterbacks. Oh, you know yeah. that once you get to the playoffs, I don't know about you, but Cowboys or not, I just I want good quarterbacks. Yep. Like Dak Prescott versus Russell Wilson is, with all due respect to the Jets, so much better than like you know. McCown versus Tyrod Taylor. Easy. <laughs> so, um, all right, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how the um, how the how everything plays out in the NFC and if Dallas can can remain competitive in the in the playoff picture. Uh, we will talk about plenty of that a little later on. For now, what we're going to do is do some word association with the remaining Cowboys regular season schedule. All right. And we're going to do that right after we come back. All right, Rick, are you ready to do some word association with the Cowboys remaining schedule? I am ready. Okay. Rick, you will say the first few words that come to mind for every game. Let's start with this coming Sunday. The Fox 430 game of the week Cowboys at Redskins. Winnable, but close. Okay. Another big-time game the following week. It'll be the CBS game of the week at 4.30 when the Kansas City Chiefs come to Dallas. Tony Romo will be doing that that game, by the way. So what do you think about Chiefs and Cowboys? Uh, test for our defense. I'm so excited for what Kim Maley just mentioned. The Tony, game? Oh yeah. Well, first of all, it's oh, a huge Tony. it's a huge yeah. game. Chiefs um weird that the Chiefs have if you were if you were anti Chiefs and thought that they're <laughs> that Alex Smith well, although Alex Smith has played even in these losses, Alex Smith has played pretty well, but if for whatever reason you were anti Chiefs, now these last two weeks you feel kind of um validated in that with the way they've lost these games. So um It'd be even bigger if it was like an eight no Chiefs team coming to Dallas, but huge game regardless. And the fact that Romo comes back and the game's in Dallas, so Romo comes back and he's going to do that game and he's he's off to uh, a good start in his broadcasting career. So I'm excited for that one. Yeah, it's a big game. That's huge. Okay, the week after that was probably supposed to be a Fox game of the week, and maybe it still will be the Cowboys at Falcons. Um, not as bad as it used to look. Okay. Next is the first of two matchups with Philly Eagles at Cowboys. Uh, the defense wins or loses that game. I think. Ooh. You and you might, you might have that game. We'll check in with you. You you might elevate your dislike into actual hatred for Philly, <laughs> depending on what happens. It's possible. All right, that brings us to the Thanksgiving game. Dallas is home for the Chargers. Thanksgiving game, Chargers, easy W. Okay. One one of you last week when Kim was doing when we were in Cam Sam and you made us do the thing where you um. 
asked us about Broncos Chiefs Raiders and then you and then you and then Greg said wait let's not forget the Chargers and Hmm. now Greg that looks pretty prophetic (laughs) so um so when Kim asked us AFC West questions from now on we'll have to keep the Chargers in that conversation Greg that was very good so Hmm. so that's a you know we mentioned you just mentioned that I always like him on Thanksgiving I I, I I I shouldn't have said easy W but but Atlanta maybe not the difficult game you expected. I hope not. Chargers maybe a little bit. That could be trickier. a trap. Yeah. So I could see that happening too. All right. Sorry. Go ahead, Still Kim. The Cowboys. All right. Home for the Redskins the last week of November on Thursday night football. So that's another chance for Tony Romo to weigh in on the Cowboys. By the way. Uh, divisional game, complete toss up. Ooh. Um, now we've got a game that Fox was hoping would be bigger than it is. The Cowboys at Giants on December 10th. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) That's all that needs to be said. Um, what are they? They finally got a win, right? Giants have one win this year. One win. And then they they embarrassed themselves yesterday. All right. Well, one's better than none. Um, Sunday night football, the Cowboys at Raiders. And I should say that this game is scheduled for a Sunday night. It could get flexed out if one or both of these teams are in playoff contention. Mm, Potentially scary. Mm. Greg, do you know how that works? The flex by, like, that's December, so that certainly could get flexed, right? Yeah, like Kim they, said. It's got to be decided uh, by a certain point. But, yeah, those when it's that late in the season, it can get flexed. I know from experience, Jets have a Sunday night game against out. New England. They got flexed <laughs> up. Um, <laughs> now, Cowboys Raiders, two huge fan bases. So as long as they're mathematically alive for the playoffs, yeah. I assume that's going to take place on Sunday yeah. night and football. And it depends on – I mean, I don't, I don't have the matchups that day offhand. Yeah. But it, it, would, it all depends on who's playing who. Yeah. But I, honestly – The rating – NBC's going to want a yeah. Cowboys Raiders rating yeah, anyway, exactly. Is I it assume. in Dallas? No, that's, it's, that's um, Oakland. Oakland. Yeah, I, I doubt that that gets Yeah, lost. unless they both tank the rest of the season to that right. point. I don't they, they, they would have to be like sub-500, both yeah, of them, right. f- looking really Playing bad. Playing horribly, too. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the thing with that being Sunday night, Rick, that's your – I think you told us this last time you were on. You love the Sunday night game. I do. I love waiting all day for Sunday night. You're like um, Faith Hill. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, do I like you her better, by the way. That oh, uh, uh, sorry, I should have said Carrie Underwood. It's changed now, right? It is it's, changed. It's Carrie, Carrie Underwood, Underwood wears ago? less clothes, though. Yeah, but they're both uh, um, I mean, beautiful. It's not like a big downgrade. I'm not I'm not saying <laughs> that at all. But uh, I just preferred Faith Hill. Faith, okay. Faith Hill. But I don't know as a songs at all. But as a country fa- as a country it. fan that was in high school in the '90s. I, Faith Hill will always be uh, very, very near the top of my list. Um, the the thing with the Sunday game that I like, even though I have to make coffee to watch it because I'm old, but what I like about it is then you get to enjoy Sunday football and the Red Zone channel and right. whatever else is going on. Set your fantasy lineups, even though I'm terrible at it. Uh, gamble on the games if gambling were legal. And... Um, and just really enjoy the Sunday and not be all stressed out yeah, until wait for the some, big event later, in the and then night. get stressed out it's all at night. By itself. Yeah, and then like it, and then if your team wins, it's awesome. Uh, See, I don't like going to bed stressed out though. Like it happens if, to me all the time. Am too. I just yeah. like? Am I in the minority in this one where I absolutely hate primetime games for the Jets? Um, I am literally. I'm more stressed out for a Sunday night game than I am for a one o'clock game. Not that the Giants have been any good recently, but. I like the Giants at 1 o'clock on Sunday. That's my favorite time to watch them. Mm-hmm. But then if they lose, 
which they do so much now, then it really sucks because then even if there's an awesome game in the late afternoon game and Sunday night, then I'm in, in like a if the Giants are actually good and then they lose a game maybe that they shouldn't lose, then you're just like pissed off the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So that's the advantage to Sunday night is the other games you get to watch stress-free and then only stress yeah. at night. It's after the game that's bad because yeah. it's like 12-15 at night. If they win, I'm hyped up. I want to watch all the post-game stuff, conferences. I want to read about it for a while. So if they lose, I can't sleep. I'm pissed off. Just play, just play Buffalo on Thursday night in like a week and a half. I'm already stressed about it. I'm already <laughs> just like, God damn, I have to wait all day for this thing. You know? So we're in so – um, so we're in upstate New York, East East time zone. Um, what – this is a – sorry, Kim. This is a tangent, which I know you don't like when I get on really bad tangents. But what would be – your favorite time zone to live in for sports if oh, you could if you could oh. if you could pick definitely i'm gonna go first pacific but then okay well but uh, that would be so hard though. i can watch a 10 a.m while eating my um, egg sandwich yeah the only part that would suck is like if green bay's playing you know green bay played chicago in that thursday night game mm-hmm. a few weeks ago and then you have to get home from work so fast for like a 5 p.m. kickoff. I was literally talking to my dad about this yesterday, that the World Series game in L.A. starts at 5.08 tomorrow. Like, I mean, how the hell is that traffic going to be? If, sorry to you know, it's fine. take that over. But just like... Yeah. Right. <laughs> See, that's why I would lean well, towards Central and Well, I am a teacher. Oh, okay. So you've got you've to schedule to accommodate Green Bay's, yeah. Green Bay's yeah. games. Okay. What do, what do you think? You know, I was kind of leaning Pacific, too. Uh, you know, football's done for the day at, what, 9 o'clock? Yeah. Night, you can still have a little time to do something else. Mm-hmm. But it's early. But I'm up early anyway, so that wouldn't be so bad to start games at 10 o'clock. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Pacific. That'd be kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Sure I, think I, I think I lean, like, mountain. To, uh, uh, I don't know. The only time Pacific wouldn't, you know, it would suck to watch that Pacific um, time zone is if you lived in an area where the weather is nice. Like, I would like to go out and enjoy the weather in the day, you know? Yeah. And not yeah, have then to you be have in. the whole year round, it's nice, though. You mm, live in Southern very California, true. you don't have to worry about you very know, true. staying indoors all winter. So I'll just days. pick a different day to go golfing. I would take the two hour one, whatever that one is. That's not bad either. The two, is um, that um, Mountain Time? Mountain, yeah. Like, games, have, games would be starting at 11 a.m. on 11. Sunday. That's a that's a good start that time. I can deal with. And then, like, just looking at it from all sports, it's like uh, like NBA, it starts at 5.30, and then you can watch the West Coast. You can actually watch the West Coast games? Yeah. So yeah. I would definitely take the Mountain one. Yeah, that'd be a good one. All right, back on track. Yes. <laughs> um, we have yes, a couple ma'am. more for Rick. Um, Rick, um, we have... Dallas home for Christmas. They're home for the Seahawks on Christmas Eve. What are your thoughts? Um, winnable, but scary. Oh, so Santa could come early yeah. or not. Dump a big lump of coal. Oh. <laughs> and then we have the regular season finale. It's at Philly on New Year's Eve. Is oh. the ball going to drop for Dallas that night? It is potential playoff game. Oh, okay. Like a play in. Well, or for It'll Dallas, like a maybe game, yeah. a playoff for I Dallas. I think more of a play-in for Dallas. Yeah. My favorite um, play-in ever was uh, the was the. It might have been January twenty. No, I think it was New Year's Eve of two thousand eleven. Giants versus Cowboys. The what? last time the Giants were good. <laughs> so what happened there? Well, I mean, obviously, 
I was uh, I was happy to watch the Giants win that game. But sure it's so were. it's so fresh in my mind because that was the last time the Giants. Uh, the Cowboys game. blow those games all the time. They've blown it against the Eagles a couple times in the last five or six years. Mm. I will so. admit those playing games because when the Jets beat Cincinnati on that that Sunday Sunday night game, I was extremely excited. isn't it so fun the, I'm the also play on the other side because the Jets played the Bills two years ago and they yeah. had a play-in game and I ended up on CBS with a sad face so <laughs> that's a great picture though <laughs> it's, so, Men- it's so bad it's I'm a, envisioning it's a, it now it's a, it's a great picture when we finally got the game pass and I could go back and I could watch it I, I was like because eh, my mom deleted the thing off the TV the recording so I went back and I watched it. I was like I really hope it's like not that good of an angle and it's a it's a perfect angle of me. Just everyone's cheer. There's a bunch of Steelers fans. Yep. Everyone's cheering, and then there's me in the bottom corner. Just, and you just look so miserable. It's terrible. Oh, it's it's great photojournalism. Because I remember the CBS camera was like right in front of me, and I didn't think anything of it at the time because I was so mad. And then I get home, and I was like, God damn it! I really hope they didn't get me on that one. By the way, your mom's appearance on your oh, Facebook Live Jets recap was pretty, your Jets preview, right, was, was pretty awesome. Oh, so okay. it was nice to see a female that was there. She's always itching to get on those. All right, now that we've, um, we're done and um, we've done a pretty good job, thanks, Rick, for covering the Cowboys and dissecting their schedule, let's finish up with some Cam Sam. So, Rick, this is where I ask the questions and you guys give answers. It's not too different from what we were just doing with the Cowboys schedule. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Um, We've been talking about the Cowboys, so we've been in the NFC all night. Let's go to the AFC for a few minutes. Just to recap the AFC landscape after yesterday. New England appears to have resolved some of their defensive issues. But they've got the Bills and then the Dolphins only a half game behind them. The Steelers beat the Bengals like they always do. So they should start to separate in the north. Um, The Jaguars and the Titans won in the south. But Tennessee wasn't exactly impressive yesterday. And the AFC West that we all thought was a great division is maybe not quite so good, depending on how you interpret the Broncos' no-show yesterday. So here's what we'll do. I'll say that... Nice nice summary. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to say the AFC division, and you guys are going to tell me your revised predictions for division winners. And this is Sam's favorite way to respond. I want one-word answers. No, I'm protesting this. Okay. It's not my favorite way. One-word answers. Okay. So, for example, if your answer would be the Cleveland Browns, you could say Cleveland or you could say Browns. Okay? Give me a thumbs up if we all understand. Ah, we got three thumbs. Okay, here we go. AFC East. So, your division prediction for AFC East. Patriots. 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 Okay. AFC North. We'll start with the side. Greg. Steelers. 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 Mm, consensus in the studio tonight. AFC South. Rick. Jaguars. Hmm. Texans. Texans. Ah, and right now the Texans are in third place in that division, but we'll see. Um, AFC West. Greg. Chiefs. 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 Okay. Now you're going to give me your AFC wild card teams. Greg, you can go first. Um, Jaguars. 
Bills. Ooh. Sam? That was really good. Same. Thank you for the one word. Texans, Raiders. Ah, interesting. Okay. Well, who do you think is the best team in the AFC right now? Greg, you can go again. Best team in the AFC right now. Patriots. Steelers. Ooh. Patriots. Ah, interesting. Interesting, interesting. Um, I might go with the Chiefs, the best team right now. Even, um, even, after, the, even after the last two weeks? Uh, say Chiefs the rules do not yeah. apply <laughs> to me. Even after the last two weeks, you like the Chiefs still? I still like the Chiefs because I'm I, I'm ignoring the Patriots. I don't I don't want to consider. You've been on this anti Patriots thing for like a year now. Once you get on my list, it's very hard to get off. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna take an early look at NFL lines this week. It's Monday, so these lines just came out. Um, we won't hold you guys to your picks since this isn't our official website preview for you this week. Um, but we'll read the lines and you guys tell me what you're leaning. Um, Sam, you might want to cross-check these lines in case they have changed. I am because it's Monday, so sometimes these change a lot in the first day. Okay. So we'll we'll see what you've got, and I'll let you know if, if anything's adjusted. All right. Um, we'll, we'll go in order. So if we want to do Greg, Sam, and then Rick. Um, Thursday night football, we have Miami at Baltimore. Um, Baltimore has a um, three-point spread. Baltimore's so, favored by three. Ba- ba- okay. Baltimore's favored by three so points. minus three. Okay. What do you think? Miami plus three. Same. Miami plus three. You know what? I got to go with that, too. <laughs> that sounds so, um, uh, Interesting. So, uh, so I just logged in, and if gambling were legal and there were sites to actually look at this stuff hypothetically. It's all recreational. Um, for <laughs> entertainment purposes only. Uh Ravens minus three, and and the the little bit of action today is on the Raven. We all just took Miami, but the little bit of action is on the Ravens today, because it's minus one twenty. Whereas Miami plus three is at a plus hundred, so that's there's a lot of value. If you like Miami plus three, there's there's value in that right now. But if everybody keeps taking the Ravens and it actually gets to three and a half, then that's awesome too because you get that extra half point. So. All right, we have the Sunday morning London game. We have Minnesota favored versus Cleveland. Cleveland is zero and seven. Will they pick up the win? What's the What's, what's the line? Um, Minnesota favored by nine. That's up to ten. Wow. Cleveland, I'm taking Cleveland plus ten. I'm gonna. I hate doing this. I'm gonna swallow the points. Vikings minus ten. Cle- Cleveland. Cleveland just lost their best player for the year. Um, they are Aww. they're an absolute disaster. Uh, I just I I don't know. I I just I don't. Cleveland Viking, needs a makeover. Vikings defense is really good, so Cleveland's gonna ha- have a hard time scoring. And we managed to send the Brits another terrible game. I just think like this is a gonna be a final score like Vikings. 16 Browns 3. Yeah, a lot of those are low scoring bad games anyway. Not that there's ever really a good matchup. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Browns cover. Oh, okay. interesting. 
Um, we have Chicago plus nine at New Orleans. Up to up to Chicago plus ten. And everybody taking it at ten. Um Saints minus ten. Interesting. Wait, I, who's at home? New Orleans. Saints. Yeah, I'm taking the Saints. I'm gonna go Bears plus ten. Definitely Saints. Definitely. Yeah. Especially at home. home. They looked really good last week. Saints. Hey, we didn't talk about. Hey. We didn't talk about the Saints. We didn't talk about the Saints. Um, We didn't talk about the Saints when we mentioned NFC. uh, NFC playoff. You know, possible Uh, NFC playoff teams. I think they're gonna fade. Yeah, Saints, I don't think Saints have won real as far as that goes. But. Saints have won four in a row. They're dangerous. Um, for the first time since 2013. Uh, I don't know. I I and I I just a couple weeks ago on the website wrote about how they go seven and nine every year. So sure enough, right after I write that, now they've rattled off four straight wins, and that division. Is kind of falling apart mm-hmm. since Carolina just sucks mm-hmm. and uh, and Atlanta can't seem to get it right and Tampa finds a way to lose every week. So there's a chance. I, so Saints, yeah. I, I don't know. I so you guys both like them in that game. I think ten points is a lot. I like them to win, but I would take the Bears at ten. Okay. Next we have Atlanta with a four and a half point advantage at the New York Jets. Down Craig. to down to minus four. Oh, down to minus four. Falcons minus four. I loved the Jets at four and a half. Uh I still take the Jets at, at, at plus four. I think this is just one of those games where the Jets lay down and die. Because this is a this, well, this, no, just looking at it from like the way that they lost to New England, the way that they lose to Miami. The coaching was absolute shit, and the the like when the Jets take the lead, the coaching is absolute shit. Atlanta just got. Do the Jets not know how to win? Is that part of the problem? I mean, when the three game win streak is all about, oh, these young guys are learning how to win. It's the coaching is just absolutely atrocious when they have the lead. The play calling is awful. Penalties are you can't come back from that. It's been happening. It's happened in both games. I think this is just the game where Atlanta like the wheels kind of come off. Yeah, and I think this is where. Atlanta finally like because this is a this is basically a kitchen sink game for for Atlanta. They're three and three. They just got embarrassed in the you know Super Bowl rematch that everyone mm-hmm. was hyped up about on, yeah. on national TV. I honestly think this is this is like a two touchdown game for Atlanta. Well, hopefully the New York Jets they feel that they have that home field advantage and maybe they'll crawl and die instead of lay down and die. I think they'll lay down and die. Okay. I I I take them to cover. All Rick. right. No, I agree. Uh, Atlanta. Ooh. Next, we have Carolina plus two and a half at Tampa Bay. Lots of action on this, all the way down to from plus two and a half to plus one. This is such Ooh. a shitty game. Yeah, <laughs> Tampa's at home. Yeah, He's sloppy. I'm gonna take Tampa minus one. They looked a lot better than Carolina did yesterday. I, I agree. Uh, I'll actually be in Tampa in two weeks. Nice. Jets Tampa. Um. It's a, it's a. Uh, if we weren't having such a nice, uh, nice fall here, I would say that's a great time to go to that game. Um, it'll be awesome weather down there, though. Uh, eight dollar beers there. I figured out. My grandma said there's eight dollar beers there, so. The stadium is eight dollar beers yeah. for the game. Mm-hmm. Is that good by NFL standards these days? Uh, MetLife is twelve. Okay. Beats the twenty dollar glass of wine in New York City. 
Yeah, we need to sometime. Um, sometime we need to hear more about this. You guys are just you guys are such globe trotters. Rick leaves the country at a moment's notice. Kim Maley is having these crazy weekends in New York City. Greg's going to Tampa. And want to know what I did this weekend? Took two fucking trips to the pumpkin patch. <laughs> two? We went to the pumpkin patch on one, Saturday one and Sunday. Yeah, Why we had to go, go back. No, because we had to go to two different pumpkin patches. Do you at least have two pumpkins? We got one big ugly one that we had to haul out of there. Um, all right. Uh, this. All right. So back to this game. Jesus. I, this is the. God. This is the more times this. than Charlie Brown went to the oh, pumpkin yeah. patch. You guys are young and fun, and I go to the pumpkin patch. Um, all right. The. I, I go Tampa minus one. What do you think? Oh, I hate this. Don't watch this game. Yeah, this is a <laughs> terrible game. Uh, I don't know. I'll go with Tampa. Okay. If something. Yeah. Something's gonna happen. One of the because they've both been so underachieving. One of them, whoever wins, I bet ends up looking good. And then we kind of there's a little bit of like jump on the ba- back on the bandwagon for whoever wins this game. Mm-hmm. And and we're fooled into thinking the winner is a contender again. That's my prediction, but I guess Tampa minus one. All right, Kim, sorry. Okay, I won't think, I, you probably won't think one of these teams will be a contender if they do win, but we'll see. San Francisco plus 12 at Philly. <laughs> 12 so much. What the fuck, man? Now, I believe, so big. I believe San Francisco also hasn't won a game. No, Correct. I have not. Okay. Um... Philly minus 12, only because I expect them to lose tonight. Philly minus 12, I agree. Hate it to give up I that many points. Hate, hate to give up 12 points, but I agree. Me so much. San Fran so bad. Oh, San Fran looks so bad yesterday. I got it. Yeah, I got to go with Philly. The only reason I picked San Fran to cover yesterday is because they've you know, they've covered, they've had like double digit spreads for right. how long? I mean, they look worse everyone. than they did last right, season yeah. so far. Okay, moving on. Oakland plus two and a half at Buffalo. Oh, I'm hammering Buffalo on this one. Oakland. Oakland. Okay. Indy plus 11 and a half at Cincy. <laughs> Another yeah. one. Indy. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go Bengals. The, the Colts are awful. The Colts are really, really bad. I don't think the Bengals are that good either. No. I'll take I'll take Indy. Andy Dalton threw the ball away on four yeah. three yesterday. Did anyone catch that? <laughs> yeah, so it, it was not it was not their best outing, but they just they they can never beat the Steelers. They no. that playoff game two years ago, that wild card game, where the Bengals the, the Steelers did everything to give the Bengals that game, and in the last like three minutes, the Bengals totally unraveled and found a way to lose that game. And I just I remember. I was watching with Kevin Conboy, who comes on the show. He picks all the games with us on the website. And Kevin and I were out, and we were watching that game. And I just said, we kind of looked at each other. The Bengals are never going to get past the Steelers. They're just – I think that was the Not year – Not in this decade. We had done – you and, and Jeff and Kevin and I had done the um, the season preview show, mm-hmm. I think, that year. Mm-hmm. And that – you know, and we were talking about can they ever get past the Steelers, and they just can't. I think they're not – that bad <laughs> other than when they play that they beat buffalo a few weeks ago I, they're not that bad other than when they play the steelers i think they just can't figure it out as a team like how to play there's a, there's well a, there's a roadblock there yeah. against pittsburgh and they right. and they can't get past it and i don't know they might need to look at the positivity projects website talk about the character <laughs> strength of teamwork do you want to know a fun fact about montez that? perfect in the positivity project sounds amazing <laughs> do you want to know a fun fact about that steelers Bengals playoff game What's that? I would have never known that I was on TV if it weren't for that game. Because after the Bengals lost, they showed some lady on TV just, like, crying. 
I was like, ha, that sucks for her. And then I was like, wait a minute. And if, if I would have never have seen that, that picture of me on CBS would have just died. Hmm. So Very nice. shout out to that crying lady now in you, Cincinnati. Now you live on in, I don't know if it's famous or infamous forever. But Everyone laughs at it, so it's a good story. It's a great, okay. it's a great picture. Um, <laughs> I got to see wait, it. I'll show it to you. No, wait, 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 what was, wait, what was Rick's, talking about it. What was Rick's pick Did on? Did you say Indy? Uh, yeah, I'm going Indy. Okay. Um, LA Chargers plus seven and a half at New England. New England. Chargers. Patriots. Okay. Houston plus seven at Seattle. Okay. This is that I, when I saw that this morning and I sent it to Kim for our, you know, pre-production notes and I thought that was really high at the time. And if gambling were legal and I was in Las Vegas, I would have um, made a bet on Houston at at plus seven down to obviously professionals are thinking the same thing because that's all the way down to plus five and a half just in today's so houston oh, so, so houston half. plus uh, five and a half at i was seattle. just gonna say i'm gonna tease the shit out of yeah. seattle on that one but at five and a half i'm still taking seattle really hmm. you're I, I, that confident in seattle watson has been having a good season honestly i think like like after after the bye i honestly think they're on an fu tour where it's just like they're finally going to get it together. Huh. And they're just Seems gonna... interesting to her. We're not talking about strippers this time. Kim's right, though. Um, Deshaun Watson is having a really, really great season. Uh, I am so impressed with that kid. I am impressed with everything Houston's done. Um, I, oh, I'm going to... Every time I get excited about Seattle, I wrote about this a lot on the website last year because I compared them to the Rasheed Wallace Pistons. You're, I don't know if Greg's old enough to remember, remember this. They won the one title mm-hmm. when they had all these brash young players. And it was like they never could. So, they, so then they had the swagger and the arrogance of the, you know, we're the champs, we can win a title. And then the next year, they lose that close seven-game series to the Spurs. Mm -hmm. Just like the Seahawks in the NFL, they win the title, but then the next year, they lose to the Patriots when they didn't run the ball. Mm -hmm. And in the the few years following that Pistons team that went to the finals in back-to-back years but only won the one, and the Seahawks that went to two Super Bowls in a row but only won the one, they're arrogant. (laughs) They're talented. They uh, have the one championship. But they just, I felt like that Pistons basketball team never lived up to its potential after mm-hmm. that. And I think the same thing about the Seahawks. Um, they're so unreliable. So that was my long winded way of saying I'm taking the Texans. Um, it's in Seattle, right? It's in Seattle. It's in Seattle. I'm not losing any money on this. Uh, Houston. Okay. <laughs> um,. Rick, Dallas at Washington. We'll let you go first. This is a pick 'em. Really? Wow. Is it still a pick 'em, Sam? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it it so it's pick 'em. Mm-hmm. The early money is on the skins. Could it change if Washington pulls off a win? Most likely. Oh, this is oh, depending on what Washington tonight, does tonight yeah. will absolutely impact this. So if you have if you are in a state where you can legally wager, um you know, if you have a feeling about it and want to take advantage of the pick 'em line tonight, you know, now's the chance before whatever happens tonight. Good point, Kim. No. Dallas, of course. Dallas. It's in Washington. Yes. 
Yeah, I'm probably still taking Dallas. Wonder if um Trump will go see the game. <laughs> I hope Washington, Washington. Hope tonight. Why? This line is at Washington minus three, and then I can just tease Dallas at Washington. <laughs> okay. No, Tim, what is, no, what is no, where would that come from? Yeah, yeah where did that come from? Got to ask where did that come from? Oh. They're oh yeah, Jerry and that's Jerry. For, that's that would for Chris Christie. That would oh, be God. such a now. Chris Christie's just a big. You get fat. rid of him and finish. Get rid of the hot dogs. Chris Christie's a big fat fuck. Game. But wow, um, he's but, on the fuck 'em tour. Jesus, Chris Christie's terrible. Listen, okay, the, okay. Chris this, Christie's a terrible listen, listen, human listen, being. Listen, 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 listen. The only reason Sorry, I like right. kind I, of agree you don't with, want Chris Christie on your bandwagon, no, right? No, I'd love to get him off. The only reason I like. Sort of like Chris. I, oh no! No 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 no! Hear me out. We'll hear you out, but come I on. Literally what, where know are we going? Nothing about politics. I thought the pictures of him on the beach were fucking hilarious. The only reason that I like semi like him a little bit is because he filled in on my favorite radio station, and he was actually like pretty good at that. But literally, I know. <laughs> I'm gonna preface this. I know nothing about politics. I don't care about politics. The only reason I know about him is because he was on my favorite radio show, and he talked sports. That's it. That's all I. That's yeah. all I know. Well, we wish he did his job instead of spending so much time in the <laughs> I, sport. The football is unreal. I, I agree with Kim. I actually don't like hearing politicians talk about sports because I'm like, you know what? Your state can't figure shit out. Um, they can't open you, a bridge. You suck. You can't open a bridge. They're more worried um, about shutting down a beach. They're they're shutting down the beach. Um, you can't get a state budget pass. So if you have a half hour to go on sports radio, you clearly should have reallocated the, that half the, hour into something else that the taxpayers are paying you a hefty salary the, to figure out. The best part about him going on sports radio <laughs> is that like ninety percent of the calls are all like, "Hey, Governor, why is uh, the bridge and, uh, the yeah. beach? and it's just like it's hilarious. <laughs> that would be that would. Would be, that part would be funny, but he is just oh, he's awful. He's a clown. Right. Um, <laughs> now the Trump. Wait, wait, hold on. The Trump thing yeah, that you mentioned. That? Can we get back to Trump? Because I feel like if Trump, if Trump is in Jerry Jones' box at that game, I'd love the, that. Like the internet will go crazy, oh. especially if the Dallas wins and they're high fiving and having fun in the box. The internet and the, the hatred for Jerry Jones oh, and Trump will have such a great entertainment factor. Oh. I almost wish that happened. Love, just, uh, so I'm glad Kim brought that up. I like hope that happens now. I'd, I'd love that. I, I just want to be in there. With I just want to see the internet yeah. explode. Oh. At, can you believe Trump is at this game? That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then Trump's Twitter about how the Cowboys uh, stand for the anthem. Oh, oh my God! And you know that you know there's gonna be at least like four or five pictures where he's in like an awkward pose or sure. like. They're like missing a high five or something. So yeah, I cannot wait for those. I hope that it's would... a windy day. That's all. He shows up and it's a windy day. <laughs> I don't know if within the box oh, it'll make no. a difference. Are we gonna get but... re- real Melania or fake Melania? <laughs> There's a real story. one. Oh, that was oh. funny. <laughs> that was really funny. It was ridiculous but funny. Yeah. This is my wife. She's standing here, which means Melania is standing to my right. This is my wife. He had to like say that was it funny ten though. times. It's like, dude, who we know it's not her. I would just. I would. I. I think the entertainment value of Trump hanging out with Jerry Jones at the game it. would be oh. awesome. Kim, good good spot on yeah. question for us. I like it. Hey, I'm just being real. Okay. Um, okay, Pittsburgh has the two and a half point advantage at Detroit. What do you think, Greg? Pittsburgh laying two and a half. It's a rematch of the Jerome Bettis coin toss game. Um, I, <laughs> you know, uh, you I, I have to, I have to, re- I have to reveal since people can't see the um, sure, the podcast. I have, to, I have to reveal my age. Um, There's going to be some information Steelers like that. fan out there that's going to be like, "Yep, I hate this team." Yeah, uh, I'm going. The reason I'm going to take 
I, I'm going to contradict myself here because I just said the Steelers are the best team in the AFC, but I just I don't, I'm going to well, take two and, the, and a half points. I'm going to take, take Detroit getting the points at home. Okay. No Steelers. All right. Yeah. I am, but but I hope it's the Steelers. I hope the Steelers crush them because I want the Steelers on a I want the Steelers on a mission for the Patriots in the playoffs. I don't want to blow out in the AFC Championship game. Sam. I want the Steelers on a mission. I'm to, on a mission to get blown out by New England yeah. and New England. <laughs> I just I want I want I want that. No, yeah. I, I, I want. Yeah, the you got to work hard. I want the Patriots to have rivals, and I and I think the Steelers are by far the most talented roster in the AFC, no, even yeah, more than New England. Mm-hmm. And despite some of their drama, um, they seem to be getting it together. So I hope we don't get the class. And Steelers are a much better home team than road, and mm-hmm. this game's on the road. Can you go into Detroit and take care of business and win? I want to see it. I'm just not 100% sold that the Steelers are there yet, and that's why I take Detroit. But. Detroit's coming off a bye as well. And Detroit, yep, good point. Okay, um, Denver, ha- um, Denver plus seven and a half at Kansas City. Oh man, at seven and a half. Mm-hmm. So it's at Kansas City, right? At Kansas right. City. Remember, Broncos had a no show yesterday. No, they did. They were terrible. Had a no show for two weeks now. So. Broncos have to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback. Um, yeah, I, I go. I, it's a lot, but I go Kansas City also. Kansas City. That's a teasable game. Okay. Um, now getting six, it down under the seven and a half, right. no matter what you do, is really important. Tease them to one and a half, and I'm. I'm All right. Good. Well, thanks, boys. Um, six teams are on by this week. That is Green Bay, Tennessee, the L.A. Rams, and the New York Giants, um, Arizona, and Jacksonville as well. So there's no picking spreads for them, but rumor has it the Giants won't cover the spread versus the bye anyway. Oh. Thanks, Kim. I agree. This is, that yeah. was... <laughs> I'm, ha- I'm hammering that buy. Yeah. You guys are hammering the buy. Absolutely. Putting in all my teasers, all yep. my best bets. Oh, the, Gi- the Giants can't beat the buy. Nice. Absolutely. Um, that is the state of the, the Giants are in a pretty sorry state right now. What more could happen to them? Eli Manning dies. Don't say the that. Week. There's a bye week. Don't say that. <laughs> um, gosh, who knows? They're, they're they're such a disaster. They had, I think they were, I think they were held to 180 yards of total offense yesterday. I, I feel really tough. bad. You know, it's like the dating world. Not, not a I feel great, you know, I feel the Cowboys fan and the Jets fan are not going to feel bad about the Giants' struggles. I was upset they won one game. I was hoping they go on sixteen. That's my dream. I can't oh, I would have loved that. What would the okay? Still got two so, rings, though, so. If the Cowboys went one and fifteen and the Giants went zero oh and sixteen, I consider win. that a successful season. Um, I'd be really happy about that. Because then the Cowboys would have their one win would be against the Giants in that case. They have to go when you want the Cowboys to go right. two and fourteen, yeah, you're right. They'd have to go two and fourteen. Um, so good math. Can you like? So I have a question for you guys. Um, All right. It was it about Justin Timberlake being the Super Bowl halftime performance. No, I don't care about that. Everybody's buzzing about. I don't care about, care about, that. About, that. Care about yeah. that stuff. Oh, okay. um, so, I mean, I. I mean, I, I guess that's good news. I, I don't really care. Um, the best one ever is, um, is and I'm Jack- not just saying this because he just passed away, but Tom Petty was the best one ever. No, no, no. Yes. Michael Jackson. That's a really good one, too. I thought the Beyonce one was good. Not because the Cowboys won that game, but. Here's why I like the Tom Petty one. Tom Petty was great. Though. Not a lot of pomp and circumstance. Right. Just Tom Petty, all-time, classic, great, comes out. Bangs out just like four classic Tom Petty songs, 
probably leaves to go smoke bang a joint, out something else, and bang out something been, else, yeah. right. and something it was else? It, well, who who knows something someone else? Uh, yeah who knows so uh, it was just an amazing performance because the music was so good, and that was that halftime. Part of this is just as a Giants fan, eighteen and zero Patriots. That halftime was so tense. That the, the the Giants were actually in that game with the eighteen and zero Patriots, so it was nice to not have all the all the garbage associated with the halftime show and just have like this classic rock guy come out who ever I don't know anybody who doesn't like Tom Petty and doesn't know every word to that, those like, songs. I've never heard anybody say like I really don't like him. Yeah. yeah. So to have him come out in that moment and just play four perfect songs and then leave and that's that and then back to football. It was for that day. It, it just—it's always in my—it's right up there with his halftime show, and then Whitney Houston, probably long before Greg was born, in the Giants Bills Super Bowl are my two favorite musical. Uh, Prince moments. was dope. Prince was dope. Prince, oh, Prince, yeah. oh, Prince, very good. That yeah. Was, especially yeah. being in the rain. It was a good just, show. Yeah. Prince, yeah, the Prince one was really. That good. set was yeah. cool too with his yeah. logo. Yeah, Prince. Yeah, that's a. You're you're right. Prince is good. Um, okay, so I want to ask you guys because Rick started making Eli jokes. So. Giants are what one and six now. Um, in two thousand thirteen, what's the record again? One and six. Okay. So bad one and six too. In two th- and it's a bad one and six. In two thousand thirteen, the Giants started zero and six. Um, Giants have never won a playoff game outside of the two Super Bowl runs. They've never won in the playoffs outside mm. of those two Januarys. So. And this is not ending well for Eli Manning. So, and, and Greg made a joke about two rings because you bring this up with the Giants fans and they just scream two rings. So that's two rings, though. So um, not his fault. So give me your try to give me your not just Giants hater mentality, but honest analysis. I think Eli Manning because of the two rings thing, but then such garbage season. I mean, most of the time that he's been their quarterback, they don't even go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And this year will add to that. And other than the two, then 2007, 2011, they don't win in the playoffs. So honest analysis, you know, when he retires and it's all said and done, is he a Hall of Fame player? Yeah, just because I honestly think just because of the two rings, like how many, when when we evaluate quarterbacks and going into the Hall of Fame, what's the first thing that comes up? How many rings does he have? I mean, unless you're Dan Marino and you just have ridiculous stats at that time and even now. It's that you're an outlier, but the thing that we grade quarterbacks on when going into the Hall of Fame is first, how many Super Bowl rings do you have, and that takes precedent over everything else. Yeah, oh, I hate saying that. He's also going to be. Hate saying that. He's also at the time that he retires, he's going to be a top ten guy in a lot of statistical categories. And he hasn't missed a game, which is and he's been to his health too. Yeah, I yeah, yeah I agree. Durable. It's almost um, a double edged sword though because. He's been healthy all this time, but then you look at, well, he hasn't won a playoff game, and he's played in all those games. So it's, it's you know, it is what it is, but I personally think the, the two rings puts him over the top. It's just weird because there aren't – he's going to be the exception, not the rule, because when you think of other multiple-time Super Bowl champion quarterbacks, they're tremendous. They're in the hunt, or they're at least – you and know. they're in, the, and the, yes, that, that that's so important. Their teams are competitive every year, right? Um, I don't know where he's just it's the weirdest to me. And I'm a Giants fan and I'm cynical over the last five years, but 
to me, it's just the the strangest case study <laughs> for Hall of Fame quarterbacks is Eli Manning because two rings, otherwise a lot of really bad seasons. I think being in New York plays a lot into it. I was going to say New York and the last name, he's going to it's going to push him over the top. But like even just looking at it as like if he were in um I don't know, pick a team, let's say Houston and he won two Super Bowls and didn't make another playoff yeah. appearance, like we'd be he'd be a like Very no borderline, yeah. Yeah, and like just like but being in New York and like winning championships in New York is is at a, at such a higher level than winning in any other city. Do you think he's doing late in his career with I mentioned it was it was only a few years ago that they started 0 and six they're one and six this year uh, a lot of six and ten seven and nine type seasons late in his career do you think he's do you think the fact that he's going to throw enough yards and touchdowns to climb up statistical all-time lists do you think that's better on the good side or do you think more losing seasons losing record as a starting quarterback is, is more of a negative on the downside like it, it like if is he better off retiring soon <laughs> or the longer he plays does climbing up statistical you know lists outweigh all the losing if he i'm it's tough because if you have a receiving core like that they do right now like you, you, like these things have to be taken into account when you when you talk about a guy's whole career. Like you have to look at who he had because like you can have the best quarterback in the world if there's no one to throw to and your offensive line is shit. Like you're not going to do anything. So I think that has to be taken into account. I mean, if he has Odell Beckham and he keeps climbing up those ranks, yeah. I mean, you're going to have to look at it with like an asterisk a little, uh, not like an asterisk, but like you're going to have to dig deeper into that. But if you want, if like I don't see a problem with him climbing up those ranks. I mean, it, if you can do it, do it. Yeah, I mean he's he's got nothing to lose at this point. Right. If they keep paying him and right, the reason produces enough that they you know have nobody better to replace him with. And he stays on the field too. Yeah, so the reason I disagree on the who's around him thing is whether it's line or receivers is that uh, I think in the in the company that he would be in if he becomes a Hall of Fame quarterback. I think you see a lot of quarterbacks that elevated entire teams around them. We we look at let's take Green Bay for example. We look at what the Packers are with Rodgers. Green Bay didn't make the playoffs Rodgers first year starting. They made the playoffs every year since then. Mm. If they don't this year it's cuz he's injured. It does not matter who his receivers are. He makes Jordy Nelson and DeVonte Adams look like absolute superstars. You can you kind of look at it like the way Rodgers plays too, though, because a lot of his like a lot of his throws that we see that are just insane are him on the run. Like Eli's, just, Eli's not okay. that. Okay. How about Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson has never, in his young career, but not that young anymore. This is his, I think, his sixth season in the NFL. Yeah. So in his five previous years, he started every game. Seahawks have never had a season where they didn't win a playoff game. That's remarkable. And Russell Wilson does not have a really great offense around him. The line sucks. They've failed to get any sort of run game. And who are the receivers? He doesn't have Odell Beckham. But for, for Wilson, a lot of for the Seahawks, it's never really been about Wilson as the guy. It's been he has defense. He has right. tremendously consistent, <laughs> excellent stats. Yeah, I know. But Very high passer rating. But it's just like 
when when they were making all those runs, their offense wasn't dependent on whether or not Wilson was going to make the throws. It was Marshawn Lynch getting the yards, opening that up, and then their defense just shutting people down. You know, they they won a playoff game without Marshawn Lynch last year. I think the last two years, because wasn't he injured the year before? I can't remember. But last year he was not out there. The the thing with the, the that's the thing though. It's that it, it lot like it comes down to their defense. And like yes, Wilson has to go. And I'm not taking any away anything away from Russell Wilson. He's good. He, I think he's phenomenal. I think just a lot of it is that defense is so dominant. Even like a down year, they're still a really really good defense. Yeah, I just it it just seems like Eli's going to be tough. It's going to be very. I'm I, I, not ju- I think forward it's to it just because everyone's think pieces are going to be uh, so garbage yeah. that I'm not going to read any of them. But they're just going to be everywhere. But that's going to be a very interesting conundrum when he goes up for Hall of Fame. I I um, think Jerry Reese, the Giants GM, has done a horrendous job putting talent around Eli mm-hmm. in the 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 second half of his career. Right. I don't dispute that at all. But I also expect that if you're a Hall of Fame quarterback, you're a wild card team every year. I, I just, I, I don't, I, I, it's going to be really interesting what, what other Hall of Fame quarterbacks miss the playoffs most of the time? <laughs> what other Hall of Fame quarterbacks retire with right around 500 or worse starting quarterback record? You, he, he's going to be such an outlier in so many different ways if he ends up in the Hall of Fame, um, other than the you know two rings. And those two, and last thing, and those two rings, I think just like the magnitude of like beating the eighteen and zero Patriots and beating them twice in the Belichick exactly. Brady era. Exactly beating Belichick and Brady, that's going to hold a lot more weight than. Beating it's hard to tell the history of the two thousands NFL without, without right. the Giants beat the Patriots right. twice. Exactly, and yeah. that, and like a lot of those things are going to play well for him when he goes up for it but i'm not excited to see that conundrum when it comes up but like it's gonna happen and we're just gonna have to deal with it. it's gonna be interesting um i just thought I'd, as long as long as i had two giants haters in the house i thought I'm i would a giants hater i think the you can't thing, be a jets fan and not be a sort of a giants hater. i honestly don't give a shit about the giants at all it's when like this off season when everyone like, what about I, when i call that insurance whatever stadium new giant stadium doesn't that make you mad well, no, because that's just wrong. Because it's fifty-fifty for the Jets and the Giants. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Both owners pay fifty percent. Rick is an avowed Giants hater, yeah, so uh, so I so I wanted to ask you guys, you know, what's your what, what's your take on the Eli Manning thing? Because Greg is absolutely right. When it comes time for that vote, okay. How about this? Ooh. Great question for you guys. Sorry, Kim, we're dragging on here on a tangent, but. Um, is Eli Manning a first ballot Hall of Famer, or does he have to wait a year or two? Oh, I can tell you that one. Okay, go ahead. Let's hear it. He has to wait. If Tio's not getting in on the first ballot, there's no way Eli's getting in. I want to say he's not, but I, he probably I'm telling will. you I think he will. The Super Bowls, New York, the last name. Especially, we'll, we'll see what the class is he goes in with, too. But right, if, they gonna... big, if they have a bigger name in there, even a bigger quarterback name, no way. But. Yeah, it sort of depends on who retires when. Huh? Right, it depends on that. But I want to say if it's a slow year, like absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm to say that. Ugh. We will. Uh, we'll wrap it up at that. Um, thanks everyone for being here, Kim. Thank you so much for your good questions. As usual, you really led us through a lot of good stuff tonight. Um, it's good when you lead because other than me injecting an Eli Manning conversation. You keep us on task and don't let me go off on too many tangents, so thanks. You're welcome. Okay. A um, couple announcements. 
Good news for next week. The basketball guys are back. We'll have Andrew Gorman and Kevin Mahoney in studio with us to mix in some basketball conversation. So the football pod will be another combo football-basketball show next week. They gave us some great NBA insight a few weeks ago. People wrote in to tell me how much they liked that, um, to, he- to hear those guys talking about the NBA prior to the start of the season and the way we kind of mixed it in, and we're all over the place. So we'll check in with them and, and do some more basketball uh, in our conversations. Uh, and, the- and those guys watching enough football, they can, they can do it all. Um, they're NBA guys, but we may even mix in some college basketball, which is starting up soon. Uh, maybe to get them to give us some predictions there. Who's number one in the AP poll? Uh, it's got to be Duke, right? I mean, it's got to be. Oh, hey, that's a good. Uh, that's a good reminder. Tell everyone oh, what you. Tell everyone. So, Greg Armstrong. <laughs> I always introduce Greg Armstrong from TurnOnTheJets.com. You are writing professionally for a couple sites now. Tell us about what you're doing basketball-wise. I will be writing for Ball Durham. It's a Duke uh, basketball site on fan-sided. So. I already watch all the Duke games anyways, so I will be writing for a official Duke basketball site this season. Very, wow, very nice. cool. I uh, I saw a couple of your former college professors this weekend, and I and I, I told them that they if they've done nothing else great in their lives, they raised you to be a, a very hardworking young man. <laughs> they let my um, personality show. Not a lot of professors would let me do that. So, um, okay. Speaking of college sports, we didn't get to college football tonight because we had Rick here and we really wanted to focus on the Cowboys and the NFL, Um, but we will do plenty of college football the next couple weeks in early or mid-November, either two or three weeks from now. We'll have Kevin Conboy back on. Kevin was actually the first guest in the history of the new show at thefootballpod.com. He came on with me in August and we did our college football futures special. our picks are actually up on the website. If you so, we we may have to Kim, we may have to revisit those and have you talk about who's doing better with our over under predictions with Kevin and I. I think, I think he's doing a lot better than I am. Which smartest college football guy guy I know that makes sense. Um, so maybe we'll have you highlight where we went right and wrong, and more importantly, discuss the college football playoff picture. So that's coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, otherwise, we'll have our college football picks for this week posted on the website by Tuesday night. We'll have our NFL picks posted by Wednesday night. We had a ton of traffic on the website this weekend, so thanks everyone for listening and for checking our picks and previews on the website. Hopefully, we're helping you guys with picks, survivor pools, all that kind of stuff. Um, that is what we're here for. That's it for tonight. Thanks to Greg and Rick, both of you guys, for coming in. Thanks to Kimberly Ann Maley for her excellent hosting as usual. Um, but especially thanks to everyone for listening. Hit us up on the website or Twitter if you have any questions or topics you want us to do. And we'll talk to you next week. So say bye, guys. Bye. Ciao. See ya. Okay, have a good week, everyone. And thank God it's football season. <laughs>